Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, happy Saturday morning, friends. We are live on this January 27th. Pro-Life leader Frank Pavone here. Welcome to our time of scripture reading and prayer. You're free to leave your prayer intentions in the comments as always. And any other comments you want to leave, always glad to see you here, to know where you're from, to get your greetings and encouragement. And I bring you mine as well. So let's put ourselves in the Lord's presence and delve into the word, which is the word of life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, you have made us the people of life. You call us to build a culture of life. You call us to make sin and temptation flee, and to participate in the kingship of your Son, who breaks the power of evil and rules for all that is good. Bless us now as we repent of our sins as we forgive those who have offended us, and as we seek only to do your will. Bless the unborn, their moms and dads and families. Bless us who defend them. And bless, Lord, our reading of your word. May we understand it more deeply, live it more faithfully, and proclaim it more effectively. Through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Our reading today comes from the second book of Samuel. The Lord sent Nathan to David, and when he came to him, Nathan said, Judge this case for me. In a certain town there were two men, one rich, the other poor. The rich man had flocks and herds in great numbers, but the poor man had nothing at all, except one little ewe lamb that he had bought. He nourished her, and she grew up with him and his children. She shared the little food he had and drank from his cup and slept in his bosom. She was like a daughter to him. Now the rich man received a visitor, but he would not take from his own flocks and herds to prepare a meal for the wayfarer who had come to him. Instead, he took the poor man's ewe lamb and made a meal of it for his visitor. David grew very angry with that man and said to him, As the Lord lives, the man who has done this merits death. He shall restore the ewe lamb fourfold, because he has done this and has had no pity. Then Nathan said to David, You are the man. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, The sword shall never depart from your house, because you have despised me, and have taken the wife of Uriah to be your wife. Thus says the Lord, I will bring evil upon you out of your own house. I will take your wives while you live to see it, and will give them to your neighbor. He shall lie with your wives in broad daylight. You have done this deed in secret, but I will bring it about in the presence of all Israel, and with the sun looking down. David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan answered David, The Lord on his part has forgiven your sin. You shall not die. But since you have utterly spurned the Lord by this deed, the child born to you must surely die. Then Nathan returned to his house. The Lord struck the child that the wife of Uriah had borne to David, 
and it became desperately ill. David besought God for the child. He kept a fast, retiring for the night, to lie on the ground clothed in sackcloth. The elders of his house stood beside him, urging him to rise from the ground. But he would not, nor would he take food with them. On the seventh day, the child died. And the servants of David were afraid to tell him that the child was dead. For they said, Behold, while the child was yet alive, we spoke to him, and he did not listen to us. How then can we say to him, The child is dead? He may do himself some harm. But when David saw that his servants were whispering together, David understood that the child was dead. And David said to his servants, Is the child dead? They said, He is dead. Then David arose from the earth, washed and anointed himself, changed his clothes, and he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. He then went to his own house, and when he asked, they set food before him, and he ate. Then his servant said to him, What is this thing that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive, but when the child died, you arose and ate food. He said, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. For I said, Who knows whether the Lord will be gracious to me that the child may live? But now he is dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What do we do when the Lord says no to our prayers? The answer is we worship. You have here, when God is punishing David for his double sins of adultery and murder, remember he was on the rooftop in Bathsheba, he took her as his own and then had her husband Uriah killed in battle. Uh, terrible sin dual sin on his part. So the child is afflicted and David beseeches God for the child. That can be a symbol of all of our prayers. When we're asking the Lord for something, something clearly good in our eyes, clearly desirable, let the child live but not die, the Lord, God, uh, David beseeches the Lord for the, for the child. Now, we ask God for many things. We always have to put our prayers in the context of thy will be done. But we try to, or at least we should try to judge whether it's a thing we should be asking for in the first place. Is what we are praying for really good for us? Remember, God knows everything. We don't. We hardly know anything. So we can be mistaken in judgment. God's judgments are always just. Ours aren't. Our motives for praying for something can be mixed. It could be mixed in with even sinful motives. Maybe we're asking for something to be given to us out of pride, or maybe we're asking to be given something to us just so we can prove we're right against somebody else. As someone is saying in the comments, we received a no in the last election. Sometimes God says no to our prayers 
because he wants to try and test his people. Sometimes he says no because he wants his people to endure an evil that then will bring them to embrace good all the more strongly, that will humble them maybe because they have sinned. You know, the Catholic bishops wrote in their document, Living the Gospel of Life, we get the public officials we deserve. So sometimes God answers our prayers in a way that says, okay, you really want this? Here's what you're going to get. Even though we're praying for the right thing, too many of his people are choosing the wrong thing, and he allows evil to happen to punish his people, to wake them up. Scripture is filled with examples of chastisement. But whatever the reason, here's the point. When we make our best effort to understand what it is we should ask for, and then we do our best to ask not only with prayer but with fasting. You saw the fasting uh, here uh, that David also did. We beseech the Lord. But then once the Lord answers, if He answers yes, we praise Him, we thank Him. If He answers no, we worship Him. Now what does this mean? David and his servants are astonished, right? So what are you doing? They were afraid to tell him the child had died. What is he going to do now? He was so upset while the child was sick. David rises once he hears the news, washes and anoints himself, changes his clothes, and then here's the key verse. He went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. What does that mean? When we worship the Lord, we say, Lord God, you are in charge. Lord God, you have dominion. That's what worshiping means. We're not God. He is. We don't decide. He does. What we want is not the center of the universe. What He wants is, and that's why all our prayers are always, like I said, in the context, in the envelope, if you will, and infused in, in the bloodstream with that one simple four-word prayer that Jesus taught us to say that He said in the garden and that shapes every prayer, Thy will be done. Not that we always understand the rationale behind His will, but we trust that He does, that He understands, and that He's always doing it out of love for us. So David worshiped. Lord, this child... I can beseech you for this child, but I can't demand this child. Because that child is a gift. And that means that the child can neither be demanded nor discarded. The child is a gift. We cannot demand the child as if we have a right to a child. We don't. Many, many suffer from the, the pain of infertility. I've blessed many such people over the years. And we beseech God for a child. Those who suffer infertility know, perhaps better than anyone else, the reality that God alone has dominion over human life, which means He alone decides if and when a human life comes about. If a man is married to a woman validly, then they can perform those actions of sexual intimacy that could lead to a child. Notice the word is could. The most we can do 
is set up the optimal conditions for God to give the gift, but it remains a gift. That's why we can't be creating children in test tubes. Technology can help fertility, can help the natural union of man and woman to bring about the child, can increase the, the chances that this uh, child will come about. But we can't make the child into a product of test tube laboratories and medical intervention. Medical intervention to help the natural process, yes, not to replace it. Can't be making babies in the laboratory. Because they're persons. They're gifts. They're equal to us. They can't be demanded. And they can't be discarded. Well, they're first and foremost. That's why abortion is wrong. The child cannot be discarded. Including frozen embryos, babies conceived by, by fertility drugs, multiple babies conceived in the womb. You can't just say, oh, well, let's reduce the number of uh, children in there. Reduce? You mean like go into a classroom and say there's too many kids here, let's kill 10 of them? Morally, same thing. What an absolute horror. It's a moral horror as well as a physical horror. We have gotten ourselves into in this culture of death. There's no words for it. Speak up. Speak up, clergy. Speak up, politicians. Wake up. But this is the key point. David worshipped. You know, that's why we can have peace and joy amidst all the no's. And, and, and God, God gives us lots of no's. Most of the time because of our limitations, we really don't know what's best for us. So God give, does give us lots of no's. That doesn't mean that we should become bitter or that we should falter in faith doesn't even mean we should falter in joy. It's provided we worship. Worshiping the Lord is our strength. David gives us a great example here. Let's follow it. There are certain things, by the way, that we know are always the will of God. To stop evil, to stop sin, to stop abortion, to promote His kingdom. We know that these things... And all the petitions that we pray for in the Our Father are His will. And all of that shapes our prayer. Some things we can ask with absolute certainty. Lord, bring about the victory of the culture of life. The only thing we don't know is the timing and the specific way He's going to do it, but we know He's going to do it because we know He's already conquered death. There are certain things He will always say yes to. Lord, make me holy. If we ask Him to bring us closer to Him, He's always going to say yes to that prayer. We just don't know the way, the tools, the circumstances, the experiences by which He's going to lead us there. But you can be sure He always says yes to that prayer. You want to become holy? You'll become holy. He'll ask you to do certain things. But He'll always say yes to that prayer. Let's worship Him as we continue to work with all our might to extend His kingdom to build the culture of life. Amen. Lord, we lift up to you all the prayer intentions that are being voiced today and those that remain in our hearts. We lift up to you all those who work together with us in this great movement for life. All those who recently marched for life in San Francisco, 
in Kentucky and various state marches in Washington, D.C., all those who came to our prayer service, all those who joined us online, all those who are part of this great movement. Bless us, attend to our needs, and continue to show us your love. For we worship you, Lord. No matter what your answers to our prayers, we know that you have dominion. You do not owe us anything, Lord God. We owe you everything. But we, you do not owe us anything. And therefore we can be at peace no matter how you answer our prayers. May we always worship you and let us worship you now in the words that your Son gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. We will be back live again tomorrow morning, the Lord's Day, Sunday, 28th of January. Join us at 10 Eastern. Let other people know about these broadcasts. You know, there's a lot of people who would want to join us. You can be the one to let them know about it. Could you do that for us? And we'll keep publicizing it as we're able to as well. God bless you, friends. Thank you, and talk to you tomorrow. Hello, I'm Dr. Alveda King, board member of Priest for Life. More money is being spent in America to kill babies in the womb than to save them. Together, we need to change that, and today I want to invite you to support our work at Priest for Life. Why ours rather than other groups? Because we have a unique team that helps lead in every arena of the fight against abortion, and we activate the churches where you find people who are most likely to get involved in that fight. To awaken a pastor about abortion is to awaken thousands of people he serves. We do not receive church funding or government grants. We rely on you for individual donations. We have a very high evaluation among charities and top security on our donation site, ProLifeGift.org. You can go there for a one-time gift or to become a monthly donor or you can call us at 321-500-1000. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.